Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Professor Paul Ehrlich will join us to discuss jaw development. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question a week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science show. Well, science is now linking our epidemic of poor sleep to sleep apnea, high blood pressure, and a whole host of other disorders. But while numerous studies have revealed the impacts of poor sleep, none have developed or examined its startling relationship with poor jaw development. Well, that is until now. In the new book, Jaws, The Story of a Hidden Epidemic, authors Dr. Sandra Kahn and Professor Paul Ehrlich have explored this for a general audience. Joining us today to discuss this issue is uh, Dr. Paul Ehrlich. He's been a household name since the publication of his 1968 bestseller, The Population Bomb. Uh, he is currently professor of population studies emeritus and president of the Center for Conservation Biology at Stanford University and is a member of the National Academy of Sciences and recipient of a whole host of his prizes, including the Crawford Prize, the Blue Planet Prize, and others. Again, he is co-author of the new book, Jaws, The Story of a Hidden Epidemic, and uh, Professor Ehrlich. We're very pleased to have you today on the Grok Science Show. It's great to be here. Uh, well, certainly our pleasure. We talk about uh, the impact of poor jaw development on a whole host of conditions, including poor sleep. I'm curious, how did you become interested in this topic? Oh, it's, it's really very simple. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work with a colleague in the National University of Mexico on extinctions, and uh, we both very interested in conservation. And he had been working in Mexico uh, with a couple. Uh, a woman born in Mexico, but now a U.S. citizen who's an orthodontist and her uh, entrepreneur husband, and they developed an eco-resort near Zihuatanejo and became involved in an NGO trying, among other things, to preserve jaguars. And uh, Gerardo, my colleague, introduced me to uh, Sandra Kahn and her husband, David, and uh, Sandra and David and Ann and I discovered a common interest in fermented grape juice and uh, became friends, uh, social friends. They live in the Bay Area. And Sandra slowly introduced me to this problem, which as an evolutionary biologist, I had ignorantly and stupidly totally missed. And uh, the result is the book Jaws. And I've become a crusader for uh, long-time nursing for mothers, for uh, uh, weaning kids to chewable food, Uh, to stop liquefying our entire diet, to take very good care that we don't, that our kids don't have stuffy noses for the first couple years of their lives, and so on. It's a, as you indicate, a very serious uh, problem that leads to higher probabilities of cancer, heart disease, ADHD, depression, uh, diabetes, even Alzheimer's disease, um, particularly through the sleep connection, like the uh, so-called sleep apnea, being choked in the middle of the night and awakened. That depress you enough? Well, it certainly alarms me enough, and and it's uh, it's surprising that this hasn't really been. The book says it's a story of a hidden epidemic. Why is it that it's gone overlooked for so long? That's a, a question that we have been puzzling over. I think it's too much 
uh, a, a gradual thing uh, that people have just accepted without thinking about it, because that's certainly what I did. Well, you know, I was never wondered why more and more kids were getting braces, uh, why my daughter, for example, is on a CPAP machine, a machine designed to keep you from having sleep apnea, because waking up in the middle of the night choking is a horrible stressor, and that's the stress is what's so bad in terms of, uh, of the lead into the various diseases and so on. And the other thing is that uh, the food in the processed food industry has just been producing more and more liquid, uh, more and more profitable things. The baby foods, for example, are almost all pap. No kids don't get to chew. Uh, and there's also things that, uh, that, again, as a biologist, I should have known, uh, but generally, uh, we don't in biology face it. Uh, for example, Sandra, the senior author and the, and the orthodontist, the working mother, and she knew that breast milk was very nutritious for her kids. So she pumped the breast milk, and during the day, her husband, while she was working, fed it to the kids through a bottle. And she didn't realize any more than I did or I think any of our friends that nursing requires much more exercise of the jaw muscles uh, than drinking from a bottle. And, you know, we, we spend our time exercising virtually every muscle we have. Everybody's out exercising and so on and so forth. Nobody has been told to exercise their jaw muscles, except Sandra now has a whole program of it. But, um, you know, if kids didn't walk till they were 12, think what their leg development would be like. And that's why human jaws have been shrinking now uh, rapidly for the last 300, and before that, uh, for the last uh, for the last 8,000, really. It's it's a move to farming and industrialization. That's been the biggest environmental move that we thing that we have done as human beings and on ourselves, and we didn't recognize it. It's a largely the fact that environment doesn't require us to chew as much or to work as hard with our jaws, but, but it is also somewhat genetic now that we don't have to select for those individuals who are able to chew very vigorously. Well, it's much too rapid for a genetic change. This is one of the problems there has been in orthodontics. Orthodontists don't understand genetics, and they think that it's possible that the, uh, that the misalignment of teeth, which is just a symptom of the shrinking of the jaws, that and wisdom teeth. Uh, wisdom teeth are just the normal back molars, but when your jaws have shrunken from a lack of uh, the developmental needs for chewing to make them develop properly, uh, cannot erupt. And so uh, the, um, the whole thing cannot have any real genetic component because genetic changes require generations. Our generations are 20 years long and require strong selective pressures, and there are none. So this is basically the biggest environmental change that human beings have wrought, and it's the one that's least recognized, and it's one you can protect your kids from. This is really important for parents. This is a nonprofit book put out by Stanford University Press. Uh, we're not making any money on it. We're trying to save people a lot of money and a lot of misery by what they do with their kids, particularly early in their lives. People can start paying attention to this when they're pregnant, uh, and uh, young kids can be taught, will gum food, for example, that's given to them. Got to be careful so that they don't choke, uh, but that's not much of a problem for really young kids. Uh, and so uh, it, it's not a genetic problem at all. It's entirely the whole epidemic 
is a response to the environmental changes that we created when we settled down to practice agriculture, when then up one person could feed more than just himself, and so you had specialization that led to industrialization, and that led us from chewing on tough steaks from Buffalo uh, to, to eating hamburgers, which are damn near liquid. I, I saw an ad the other day for a uh, a, a, a drink a, for V8 saying, drink your vegetables. You don't want to drink your vegetables. You want to chew your vegetables, and you want them al dente so that they require chewing. Smoothies, there's a lot of argument in the uh, – nutritional literature about whether smoothies are as good for you uh, as eating fruit. Well, first of all, we've selected the fruit to be almost liquid. About the only fruit you chew now is an apple. And second of all, the smoothie you don't chew at all. So we're slowly moving to a more and more liquid diet and our jaws will continue shrinking and we will have the symptoms of uh, badly misaligned teeth, of crooked teeth, but they are going to be... uh, just a symptom of a much more serious problem, namely the shrinking of the airway that goes to your lungs so that your tongue, not having enough room anymore in your mouth, slops back into your neck when you sleep, leads to snoring, and our ancestors almost certainly didn't snore, and then to being awakened in the middle of the night by choking because your tongue has blocked your airway and by flopping back into your throat. So uh, as you can tell, I'm concerned about this. So is there a critical time in the development of the child? At what age should the parents really be getting their parents kids Parents should be paying attention from the very start. And we have a table in the book of symptoms you can look for and what you can do about them and so on. There's, there, it's a, uh, again, the epidemic is hidden, but we've tried to expose it. There are, in the book, there are lots of pictures. It's a cheap book, by the way. Again, we don't get any royalties on it. Uh, and... Um, uh, it's got lots of pictures, and it's got tables to tell you what to look for and what to do. And you can do this with very young kids. And if you see problems, there's also information about what you can do about them. Because a lot of things you can do to teach your kids, for example, to exercise their jaws properly and to hold their jaws when their mouths are closed. One of the things we see all over the place now is kids hanging their mouths open, mouth breathing is a good way to wreck your jaw. There's some experiments, which I wouldn't have been involved in, fortunately, uh, about 40 years ago, in which they blocked the noses of rhesus monkeys, and the development of the monkey's jaws went right to hell. We have a picture showing that, uh, and there's a lot of uh, reason to understand why it's bad to breathe through your mouth instead of through your nose. And that was known 150 years ago, a, uh, an American wrote a book just before the Civil War called Shut Your Mouth and Save Your Life because he was an artist, George Caitlin, who had studied Native Americans, found out that they caused called Europeans black mouths as well as pale faces because they always hung their mouths open. And he said that was what was responsible for, at the time, much higher mortality among European kids than among the Native Americans living near them. Um, and wrote the book uh, called Shut Your Mouth and Save Your Life. And that was 1858, something like that. So this isn't new news, but it isn't generally known. Is part of it a problem like the dental profession, the orthodontic profession, that they're not aware of it as well? 
Uh, they're getting more and more aware of it. There's now a whole group of orthodontists called airway-centric orthodonture because so much of orthodontics has moved teeth back to line them up or extracted teeth, and all that has made the airway more constricted and the problems with snoring and sleep apnea uh, better. But orthodontists are great people. Uh, Sandra has worked for more than two decades as an orthodontist, and they want to make people's lives better but they're beginning to realize they have to pay more attention to the non-cosmetic things that the the crooked teeth that they want to fix they want to be people want to have fixed for cosmetic reasons are a symptom of a much deeper problem that you have to pay attention to and there's a new area called forwardontics which you can actually find on the uh, on the web where the whole idea is to move the jaws forward so that there's more room for breathing more room in them for the tongue. Uh, and this leads to, if you go in that direction, to jaw development direction, you get a permanent fix to the symptoms like crooked teeth. Whereas, as anybody who's had braces knows, there's no permanent fix there. You have to have a retainer uh, or the teeth will keep moving. So what about adults who maybe have small jaws? Is there anything they can do at adult ages? Yeah, we we cover what adults can do. We cover what adults can do in jaws. Also, it's harder, of course, once you fully developed uh, to change the shape of your jaw and so on. But it can be done. Uh, some people who have such serious. I have a friend who has had such serious problems with sleep apnea. It's basically ruined her life. And she had a, a jaw operation, which helped a little. There are jaw operations if you find the right surgeon, uh, if you're having a lot of trouble with sleep apnea, uh, to, uh, uh, that can help you. So adults, it's not hopeless. Adults can help themselves. Uh, Sandra is working very hard on some of these things. Uh, but, and so is our orthodontist, and, uh, not in general, but many orthodontists. So... You know, professionals change their views very, like us university professors, we change our views very slowly. Uh, if you have something that seems to work, uh, you tend to work it. But uh, there it is not hopeless for adults, but it's much better to start very early and see that your kids, just like, uh, you know, I'm 90, uh, I'm, no, I'm 86 years old. Uh, if I wanted to become a weightlifter, I would have a much more difficult time developing my uh, the muscles of my chest and my arms than I would if I had started to be a weightlifter when I was three years old. Um, you know, you you want to develop in a certain direction, start early and work at it, and that's the same thing for our chewing muscles. Like much of life, it's a, having a good start. Exactly. Uh, well, maybe to close, are there any other resources besides the book? Uh, learn more about this issue. I would if you go to the Forward Dynamics website. Uh, there's going to be more website. This is something where we've discovered that people are desperately interested. Uh, Sandra was just at a big conference of orthodontists and got a lot of uh, interest. So uh, get the book and look at the references. I, it, this sounds like one of these, oh, boy, you can save your life by doing uh, this kind of fat or that or that. Uh, every statement in the book every significant statement is documented with scientific references. We have about 400 references in the book. You don't have to consult them, but it will show you that this is a based on a lot of science. It's not as, as solid as we wish it was because people should have been paying a lot more attention to this. We can't even discover what the trend has been exactly in how chewable our food is. In other words, you can find out 
when people invented meat grinders, uh, but we don't know what the proportion of tough steaks versus uh, uh, hamburger uh, we've had through time because people haven't paid attention. And one of the great purposes of the book is not only to help mothers and fathers help their kids, but to push society in the direction of doing things. For example, at Stanford, we're now a group of us is getting together to try and improve uh, the chewability of the food in the Stanford dormitories and uh, so on. So that uh, this is a, a going to be a very active area of research. And I've been stunned since uh, getting the book out on how many people are on CPAP machines. Colleagues of mine, my daughter's on one. Uh, this shows this is getting to be a very serious problem that we're going to have to deal with. All right. Well, we're just talking with Professor Paul Ehrlich. He, together with uh, Dr. Sandra Kahn, have written the new book, Jaws, The Story of a Hidden Epidemic. And Dr. Ehrlich, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on The Grok Schlein Show. That's my great pleasure. Thank you for doing it. And that's all for this week's edition of The Grok Schlein Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.